Welcome to Empower, the podcast dedicated to the conversation about women's empowerment and workplace equity in the affordable housing industry. I'm Nicole Graham, and together with my co-host, Tanya Dempsey, we invite you to join us on this journey to explore, enlighten, and inspire. Each episode of Empower is more than just a podcast. Honoring its mission to amplify voices, Empower is a platform where voices are heard, stories are shared, and change is ignited. We delve deep into the challenges, triumphs, and innovations in affordable housing through the lens of women's experiences and leadership. Our guests are changemakers, trailblazers, and thought leaders who bring a wealth of knowledge, experience, and passion. From policymakers to community advocates, from industry veterans to newcomers making waves, we bring you candid conversations that uncover real stories behind affordable housing. Our goal is that by empowering women in the affordable housing sector, we are not just building homes, we're building a movement. So whether you're a professional in the field, someone who's passionate about social change, or just curious to learn more, Empower is your go-to source for insights, inspiration, and inclusive dialogue. What's in store for today? What better way to launch the Empower podcast than by sitting down with its president and CEO, Ashley Norcutt. Ashley's journey is a testament to the power of passion-driven change. Transitioning from a high-flying career as a tax partner at a major accounting firm to lead the Women's Affordable Housing Network, she embodies the spirit of leadership and dedication that Empower aims to showcase. We are thrilled to have her as our guest. Good morning. Good morning. So early for Nicole out there on the West Coast. It is. So I will say, so I am a little tired. I was telling Ashley before we started because I got home late last night, which meant, you know, that I went. Did you go to Tina Fey and Amy Poehler? Yes, because I went to see Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, which was like, I loved it so much. And it was, as I was watching it, I was like, this is like, this is such the energy that I want ahead of this podcast. It's amazing. Because they make all these jokes about like, that they're work friends, right? And I was like, oh, I'm about to like start this like super cool thing. And, and that the reason they're going on tour is so that they can spend more time together because they live on different coasts. She's it's y'all story. I love it. In New York. And it was like, oh, yeah, well, we, you know, we did this so that we can like spend, you know, like actually hang out together because otherwise we, you know, we don't really hang out unless we're working together. So it was lovely. It's so appropriate. I love that. And even getting up early and being tired, you have that energy from that laughing all night and two hilarious women. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was good. Hi, my name is Tanya Dempsey. I'm co-CEO with CSG Advisors. I've been with CSG Advisors for eight years. Actually, I think my eight-year anniversary might be coming up in the next two weeks, in fact. Eight years? Nine years? Eight years. Nine eight years. years. Nine. Is it nine years? Nine years. 2015. 2015. Nine years. Wow, it's been nine years. I will tell you, in my experience, I have had the best nine years in any job that I've ever had has been at CSG, and I have no intention of ever leaving. So there's that. We do affordable housing nationwide that ranges from strategic planning to transactions to management consulting to really kind of just being supportive to our clients, which I think 
you know, both our clients are the, the residents that they serve really are impactful to us and the work we do. And it drives why we do this work. So I can say confidently that no, no individual day is the same. And all of the issues are kind of related. It doesn't matter which client you have. So um, I do love my job. Prior to that, I worked at two agencies in New York City. It was very challenging and very hard. So I bring that experience of it being super hard to be in this industry and to be female and to get ahead all to the job that I have. And hopefully we see little tidbits and highlights of that through, through the podcast. But I am super grateful to be here and to be co-hosting with my co-CEO, Nicole Graham. Hi, I'm Nicole Graham. Thank you, Tanya. I am also co-CEO of CSG Advisors. I started at CSG 20 years ago. And from the very first month, I knew I had found my place. CSG is a financial advisor to agencies and authorities on affordable housing, and we work with lots of clients. Tanya and I previously led the public housing practice before leading the firm, but my 20 years at CSG has been an evolution of a lot of change and new directions, even though my work itself working with public housing authorities and housing agencies, our clients are the same, uh, but the issues really do change from day to day. And I love it. And I'm looking forward to at least another 20 years at CSG. So what motivated us to start this amazing podcast? Nicole and I were both at a conference in November, a very, very large, prominent affordable housing conference in Chicago. We were talking about trying to do something impactful for women over the last two years. And I would say CSG is now women-owned as of 2023. And so this is our second year. But prior to that, Nicole and I had been trying very hard to spread awareness about women in finance. One of the things that really keeps continually surprising us is that when we try to do these women's breakfasts, women's luncheons, when we reach out to talk about women's issues, it resonates in a way that is completely unexpected every single time. So, you know, the fit between the Women's Affordable Housing Network and CSG and the work that we're doing to promote inspiring women, women's issues, everything related to women, really, there was a, a really big synergy. So we're at this conference and Nicole and I are talking about, okay, well, maybe we should try to figure out how to do a podcast because we've been on a few. We love it. You know, we're both remote. I'm in New York. Nicole's in California. And what's wonderful is that you can do these remote. So it's a way for us to kind of share our thoughts on these, on these podcasts. So we love that simultaneously, each one of us were approached by someone at the Women's Affordable Housing Network to really just participate more fully, right? Both of us were, were members. We were trying to help launch chapters and, you know, it seemed super kind of symbiotic that we were talking about this. And then we ended up both meeting two separate people. We ended up going to the booth and it was like, it was like gold. 
right? So, so we see a bunch of women all wearing pink, I believe, at this Women's Affordable Housing Network booth. And they were like, we want to start a podcast. And it was like, we want to start a podcast. What do you mean? Oh, my goodness. This is a big thing. You want to start a podcast? We want to start a podcast? Let's do this together. And, and it seemed effortless and fortuitous. And it was fate. And so we are so excited and lucky to launch this podcast with the Women's Affordable Housing Network because it really does bring together two things that we love, affordable housing, obviously, and women's issues. So that's why we're here. So it was like this really exciting vibe because you guys were pumped up and we were pumped up. And then it was just this like pump, pump, pump and like since then, like on every single time we've talked with you or even, you know, corresponded with you, it's just this, there's this very natural connection and it's been very empowering, actually. So today we are joined, as, as we mentioned in the introduction, Ashley Northcutt, who recently, like 13 months ago, left her full-time position as a tax partner in a national accounting firm to devote herself full-time to the Women's Affordable Housing Network. Ashley joined as president on a leap of faith and a prayer that, that this would all work out. And I find her story so inspiring for folks who want to make a change for people who want to follow a movement, a calling to something that is inspiring. Having talked with Ashley a, a lot over the last couple of months, I find her humor and energy so infectious and energizing that I'm incredibly happy and delighted to start our inaugural podcast off with Ashley Northcutt. So Ashley, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm excited to be here with you guys. Everything you all were talking about, just how we met, there's a realness. And you started to say, Nicole, when we get on phone calls or when we met at that conference and started talking about us both wanting to do it, there's an electricity. We all got so excited, could not wait to get on. I think we were writing on Saturday, the day after that conference, after we all traveled home with okay, here's the agenda. Here's the next plan. Let's keep this moving. So that electricity, I feel there's a series of those kind of events um, at Women's Affordable Housing Network. When I go into a room or we have calls and everyone jumps off just ready to go. And this was just another, this makes sense. This is a yes. Let's do it. And here we go. That's awesome. So Ashley, I know we know the basic story, right? You were part of Women's Affordable Housing Network. You took this amazing leap of faith, right, leaving your really big job as a tax partner to take on the role of president of Women's Affordable Housing Network. But set the scene for us a little bit more. Like this is this is big. So what led you to this decision? I wanted to start early because I think it's a neat story. Um I have three brothers and I was never treated differently. So I really didn't realize what the challenges were of being a woman in certain situations until I advanced in my career. So early on in college, I remember thinking, what am I going to do? I have been a nutrition major. I have been a marketing major. And then I was like, 
I have to support myself. Let me go research some jobs. And I went and saw that accountants get paid a lot. Accounting was, in, you'll quickly realize if you haven't already, I get comments all the time. You're a CPA. Like, you don't act like an accountant, right? So that obviously was not a natural match. But I was bound and determined from day one, I was going to be able to take care of myself. So no matter what happened in my life, I was not dependent on someone. I was so fortunate to fall into the affordable housing industry. And I will give a shout out to Debbie Dancy. She actually sits on one of our committees, the events committee. But her and I met through recruiting and I went to a PricewaterhouseCoopers for years. But Debbie and I kept in touch. And that's one thing I say over and over. Women have the power, this amazing innate power to connect, to stay in touch, to reach out when needed. And she just reached out one day and said, are you overworked and underpaid? I like to tell everyone the answer to that question every time it's yes. You just yes. say, yes, I am. So I joined a large firm that focused on affordable housing, and that was my passion. That kept me in industry of accounting for 18 years because I was so passionate about the work in the industry. And what happened was I moved to Atlanta. I wanted to get to know the affordable housing people here. So someone told me about a luncheon of women affordable housing held. The first time I went, I was blown away. Kind of like when we all met, I walked into the room where I knew nobody and I was quickly just hugged. Like it felt like a giant room hug. The, the presentation was amazing. It was like technical and educational all by women. It was all women in the room. And I was like, I wow. cannot leave. Now you guys are both like this. I am a leader. So obviously I'm like, how can I help? Like, what can I do to get more involved? Ironically, Joe Cromarty, who I did not know at all, at the time, and we are now like mm -hmm. sisters, did the same thing. We both approached Anne and Rochelle, who started Women's Affordable Housing Network, yeah, sure, and said, how can we get more involved? And I will never forget, I was in the Atlanta airport, dumbfounded, because they, they set up a call and they said, we've been doing this for seven years. We're ready for fresh leadership. And uh, it was dead silence. Jill and I were like, we don't know each other. What's going on? <laughs> Jill and I got on a call and just talked about what they had been doing, which was luncheons, educational and professional growth luncheons, and happy hours. They did four luncheons and two happy hours a year. So Jill and I just started brainstorming, and Jill's phenomenal and just no, she's she, great. She will just motivate anybody. So we and she also loves structure. So you would think as an yeah. CPA, I do <laughs> at work. I did outside of work. I'm very flowing and free spirit. So we formed a 501c3 started getting more serious about programming. And we continued doing exactly what they did because it's phenomenal. A lot of our chapters form the base off of that and added community service, scholarship, sponsorship, and just kept growing. And isn't it amazing? So Jill took a job with DCA, so stepped aside for a little while. She's back. She's never really been far, but she's on our advisory committee now and leads okay. professional development. But she needed to step back from leadership we started bringing in new board leaders and also the four of us traveled around the country for our job. And everywhere we went, people were saying, we want to do what you're doing in Atlanta. So we have to tell the truth. Julia Kircher out of um, Indiana and I met on a bar crawl in Savannah at the Georgia conference. Yes. So Juan was, was born, <laughs> Juan was born on a pedal pub. Wait, <laughs> plenty of babies out there, of, you know, a bar crawl. So but soon after, I flew out to Indianapolis, and it was amazing. We just hosted, she organized the session, and we just said, there were probably 65 people in there, men and women, and we just said, what do you want to see in this chapter? Did the same thing, went up to Ohio, and that's the story of Juan. 
So wait, I need to know just a touch more, right? So (laughs) at what point did you quit your job? Okay. Like, are you still working and like bossing it up as, as like a tax accountant and doing this in like your free time? Like, tell me more about work. This is not helpful and not advised. And if I could share my win for last year, personally, it was sleep training because I did not sleep. I worked and worked and worked at what an accountant does, but I was so excited and fueled by one. And I'll tell you a funny story. I didn't realize that I was like this outlier until there was a girl that I work with that said to me, I love tax season because I can just wake up, go to work, go home, and everything's planned for me. And that was, you know how you have those light bulb moments? I was like, I really am different. Like people have been telling me that the whole time, but I don't do that. I just don't sleep. I am still going to go out and do things. I'm still going to, but one was my balance. My, I knew I didn't love what I was doing. I'm not someone that's meant to sit at the desk all day. I'm meant to connect and be out there and be with people. But I had amazing clients that became like family. Like we did all kinds yeah. of things. I've been sailing on the Puget Sound with some of them. Yeah. I've been to so many, you know, Mets, Yankees games, like anything fun. That's the part I loved. And I loved my clients and what they were doing. It was interesting. Right before COVID, we had actually organized. I reached out to Millie, Sadie, Julia, and Angie came from Texas. And she was not leading a chapter, but she does all our social media. She's phenomenal. She's like, I see what you're doing and I want to be part of it. So we invited her in and formed the board of directors. So the entire COVID year spent building, what does it look like to open a chapter now that we've all done it Mm -hmm. so that we can remain some sort of consistent with each chapter having their own flavor? So did that uh, 2019, 2020. And then one thing I always did in the fall when it was supposedly slow, I did some sort of class outside of accounting. So I've taken yoga teacher training one-on-one. I've taken yes, it. I want to do this. I want to do this. Yeah. This is literally, I, I I love yoga and they always talk about teacher training. I'm so sorry to interject, but like, I love it. yes, this is like, it, there's this like continual education, continual student, I think you know, part of me that like, t- like I, like I completely was seeing it like your essence, just always oh, like, yeah, you should totally do it. I have the perfect teacher for you. So we actually, he lived in Atlanta at the time he's abroad now, but he, Jason Anderson, I got to give him a plug. He's amazing. But what I quickly learned through yoga teacher training is I don't want to teach. That's my quiet time. I'm never quiet. When I go in a yoga room, I'm quiet. And so, but learning That was better than any therapy you could ever have. Learning the basics of yoga and learning from someone who is a yoga master who can check out of any situation and remain calm was empowering. Talk about empowering. And that translates to work very quickly where you're like, I'm not going to participate in that. Like that noise can go around. I'm just not participating in that email chain or it's those intangibles you gain from doing something outside your everyday, right? That yeah, you don't take all, the... It's the mental clarity to be able to opt out of things that aren't fulfilling for your energy, right? Or that like will take your energy the wrong way. I love that. Yeah. It's a timeout you don't take at work. We're go, go, go. I was like, you guys up five o'clock in the morning. Well, 3.30, go, go, go. And the following year, I took integrative health coaching which was also phenomenal. If you don't read ingredient labels, I highly, highly recommend reading. My favorite example is pickles. If you get pickles Uh off the warm shelf, read the ingredients. Go to the cold section and look at any pickle. There's five ingredients. 
those ingredients that you can't pronounce change how you act and change how you feel. And I'm all about doing as much as I can, squeezing the lemon out of life. So if if I don't feel good, I um, am not doing me. Then the next year, and this was very pivotal, I hired an amazing executive coach. That was just as impactful as these two. And the first time we met, she said, you should be running your own business. What are you doing? And there were some challenges that her and I had talked through and she further resonated. Like all these things are so different, but they all come back to the same thing of like, the whole world's telling you where you need to be. The whole world Mm -hmm. highlights your strengths. And if you're lucky to be surrounded by supportive people, they're happy to point out in a nice way, like in a way that helps you grow, like Mm-hmm. This is not what you really should be doing. Like you have a higher and better use, which is over here, right? So all of that just kept pointing me. And so I just woke up one day. There had been a lot going on. I've You work a ton of hours. It was not my favorite thing because I was constantly like, okay, I'm going to get up at 3.30 to 9 to do that and squeeze that in because I want to do this, this, and this today. It's just not worth it. And so I finally woke up one day. I was like, I'm done. And I started talking to my husband about it. He was very, very supportive. He saw all the time what I was doing for Juan on the weekends at night in the morning. Um, That was an unpaid job and it was on top of my regular job. So he's very, very supportive. I've been lucky to have him. Tanya, you mentioned earlier, not everyone can just quit a job. So there's a huge shout out and thank you to him. It also goes back to relationships. You have to really trust someone. When you've supported yourself your whole life and you're going to talk about saying bye to your paycheck. And all of a sudden, I'll tell you, I still have not adjusted to where I'm like, wait, that doesn't fill up every two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) That no, there's, 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 I mean, like you're touching on like, right. There's this trust component. Like I, like, again, you being an accountant, like totally resonates with me. Like when I was a child. So right. Both of my parents are, are immigrants. And my dad was like, you should be an accountant you should work for government, right? Because those two are like recession proof, right? You're really not going to get laid off. Like, you know, there are skills that you can have, but you will always be able to support yourself. And so like, when you said that, I was like, oh my God, like I, I hear you. It resonates. And the idea that you would quit your job to like start this new endeavor is kind of the most terrifying thing that like anyone's ever said to me, right? Because you're you know, you are completely reliant on someone else and the level of trust in your relationship that that's required. And it's not just the relationship that you have with your husband. It's also like you're trusting all of us, right? These external women in your network that like, it's going to work out. I mean, I, it's a lot of courage. I just want to shout out that this, your story to me is like so courageous. But keep going. Well, and can I just add one more thing, right? Which is like, I I completely agree. It is all of this trust in your husband, that your relationship and, you know, the community, right? But the courage is that it's so much trust in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And that me is what's so inspiring, right? Is mm-hmm. that you took this huge jump for yourself, right? Jumping in the pool, in the deep end, like, and you knew, you know, you knew the organization and you knew, you know, things were going well for the organization based on all of the efforts of, you know, past people involved and and yourself and, and your network. But like, you had the faith in yourself that you knew you were going to be able to do it. And 
that's like to me the, the the shining thing of your story. That's so kind, but honestly, I wouldn't have done it without the supportive network. I wouldn't have done it without all those. I will take a little bit of credit for being courageous, and I appreciate you pointing that out. But I'm supported by the most amazing. How do you just walk away from that? And the next day, you now have 27 chapters in two years that have opened around the country. So I knew there was obviously a there was a back net there for me to do this, or I wouldn't. My board constantly is giving me praise. Now they will call out, and I. I love this. And this is what you have to have. You cannot just have praise. You have to have those women that you trust, we're back to trust, that will say, this is not a great decision and here's why. Or let's talk about this. Or I ask for feedback every six months from the board. And for them to have the courage to say, hey, this way that you're doing it or this initiative that we're following, I'm not feeling it. Because you can listen to that without getting hurt because you trust those people. And they're doing right. it for your benefit. Like it's to help everybody, right? Absolutely. That's huge. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. And and I do think that being, you know, when you're the way you're describing it to me is like I'm hearing Brene Brown talk about grounded confidence. Right. Yes. So it's the confidence to be able to say no, right? To whether it's meetings or, you know, whatever the things are that you don't actually need and that aren't actually propelling you forward or, you know, on your mission, but also the confidence to be able to take the board feedback as feedback, right? It's not a personal criticism. It's not, you know, and I think that the, one of the challenges that we all face, right, is being in that position that we can take feedback as you know, relatively innocuous. It's 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 actually really good direction to help you fulfill better the mission of the affordable housing network. You know, it's constructive criticism, right? It's right. it's nothing to take personally. So, and it's because those people care about you, right? Like right. that's the other part is that like the trust is that those people care about you, and they care about your success, and they they value you as a person. So they're there is something to be said for the feedback that's received and given with like love and support and kindness, right? And and I think that this is a really good example of where boards are. This is success, right? Where the oh, you know the president and the CEO are have a really good relationship with their board and can can be in this space of both positive and negative feedback and not have it be debilitating. Right. Yeah. That to me it, demonstrates just a considerable amount of trust. It's a gift. If someone is willing to share, that's hard to tell someone, I don't agree with what you're doing in a leadership position, right? Uh, Especially yeah, when yeah. there's that person is 100% working. I am 100% working for one. Andrea is our only paid employee, 100% working for one. Everyone else is a volunteer. So you're going to get a lot of good feedback because you're the only person doing it, right? But to have that courage, mm-hmm. that's a gift to be like, thank you for telling me that because I hadn't seen it like that point, right? But mm-hmm. I think a key thing to point out here, and if you've <laughs> received feedback from a place that is not productive, from someone who is threatened by your leadership skills or what you're able to do that they're not, and so they're threatened by your success, You can quickly tell the difference when it's someone that has your best interests at heart and in my position, 
women's affordable housing network's best interest. And like, I exist for this organization to move forward. That's the whole reason we did this and find someone to do 100%. So you hear it clearly when someone wants you to grow or wants to put you back in the cage. Right. And certainly we all have experienced that situation as well. Right. And, you know, you know it when it's wrong and you know it and love it and appreciate it when it's right. So I'm very, I'm thankful that you have that here. My shining moment was we were standing in a room and someone came in and said, Juan is not an organization. It's so much more. Because we hear this all the time. Juan's an energy. Like we have Juan wisdom calls, which is where all the chapters share what they're doing around the country and things that are going on, like the impact we are making at the level that we want to at our neighbors living in affordable housing is amazing. Someone said, Juan is not an organization. Juan is a movement. That is the ultimate compliment. I have not been able to let that go. And I still get chills when I say it. Juan is a movement. It is a movement. No, it is. And I love that. Oh my God, that like, it really, it gave me chills just like it gives you. Like, you should be super, super proud. I actually, I feel like I need to ask the content question, which is what are some of the chapters doing across the country? Because oh I feel like that's like, let's inspire them. Yeah. What is that one with them? Inspire our listeners <laughs> into what, how amazing this organization is. And I don't want to leave anyone out. So I'm going to touch on some. There's so much. And we are going to start sharing this on the podcast as well. The Juan cast. Okay. Last week, Illinois held a luncheon. It was sold out. Um, It's their first event ever. And they honored a woman of the year. Sold out first event. Earlier this year, New England was launching their chapter, hosted a happy hour, sold out at 90 people. First event ever. They had attended (gasps) three chapter classes. So that would be the growth, the power of growth. Atlanta is doing things all the time, but they just had a very impactful educational luncheon this week on the effects of eviction and how do we stop eviction. Um, So they had a lot of people from around Atlanta that's leading the charge come present on that. Ohio just partnered with a lot of other organizations. They just raised enough money. I don't want to quote the number, but presented baskets There's a project in Ohio that is supporting women moving in that are coming off of domestic abuse. They've got baskets that includes everything from sheets to plates to silver. So when those women move into these units, their house is already at home. That's all from one. There's also fun things going on around the country. Texas, Missouri just had happy hours. I saw a paint and sip in Florida coming up. We're attending all the conferences. And what's been really neat about that is the way Juan is able to integrate into the conference and bring that dynamic. Um, So Georgia is doing the pedal pub again, which always has great things, yoga and golf lessons. So the Indianapolis chapter built in, they have sessions as part of their conference, but they also get to host a day of community service. And this year, the conference found the funding for that. It wasn't on Juan because they're so thrilled with the impact that's being made. So I can go on and on and on. It's amazing. Wow. Okay. So how do you see your role evolving in the future with all of this growth and all of this success? It's so funny, probably stepping back, right? I'm so, this is a startup organization. So I am hands-on on everything all day long, every day. I'm also, like I said, we are lucky that we were able to afford to hire Andrea last May. She is 
phenomenal, amazing, um, helps really keep the train on the tracks. But probably stepping back because we have leaders coming forward every day that can take on a new, you know, so fundraising has been mostly myself because everyone's busy. But now we're building out a really cool fundraising team on our scholarship. So I'll be happy to step away from that. You know, with the accounting background, I've been very heavy in the financial side to make sure that we stay on track. But stepping back and really going out are some of our goals are what groups do we partner with? Who do we partner with out there? We're not here to compete with anyone. We are here to continue to make an impact. So what organizations are we partnering with and making sure we're being strategic about that? Continuing to get the word out there. You know, we're almost in all 50 states. So when that happens, we've talked, what's our next step? We've talked about collegiate campus uh, chapters, which yes. would be amazing. Yes, I agree. I think that if I think affordable housing in general is one of these like undercover industries where that's sort of something, you know, that that I've been doing and I've been super passionate about is that is going back to like my college and trying to be a female leader and role model for collegiate students. I, I 100% think that if we want to impact the future, we sort of have to start you got to start at the collegiate level. So, I mean, I think that's, I think that's amazing. As I whole. love that you said that. That's one of our initiatives is college campus outreach. So we bring panels to the college campuses and explain what is affordable housing. And it's so funny when you ask the women on those panels, did you come into affordable housing because you knew about it? No. And there's that common people think you can't make money or it's just government roles or nonprofit roles. They don't realize there's so much here in affordable Agreed. housing. It is huge. Absolutely. It's a huge industry to be as undercover as it is. I feel like as a graduate student was really when every, because I was in policy school. So that was okay. when everyone was really like talking about affordable housing. And, and there were a bunch of folks that were actually like, oh, okay, like I've learned about this. I'm going to go out and do this. I'm going to do this affordable housing thing. But yeah, I I completely agree. It's like most, the vast majority of people just sort of fall into it, right? They take a job. It happens to be in affordable housing or related to affordable housing. And it sparks the, it sparks the passion. Yeah. It's like know. marrying your mission to your career, which is amazing. And this, the yeah. good news is Mark Shelburne is our ally leader. And he just posted the yeah. other day, I UNC Chapel Hill yep. has an affordable, that's a great school, by the way. Let me give a shout out to those Tar Heels. But um, they have an affordable housing program and they now have a wait list of students. So we are going to start going towards them about the first uh, chapter, hopefully. Um, but I think if more colleges hear about this and the different you know, students today, and you probably know this with the younger people coming in, they're not here to work a ton of hours. They're here to live and make no, an impact. Absolutely. They're here. Yeah, they're here to live and make an impact. And what better way to diversify our industry, get fresh, smart thoughts into our industry to build better housing, than bring in more diversity from and alert them to what's here. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I would love to see like affordable housing career fairs right to showcase the breadth of what you can do in affordable housing too right because you know you're right that the you know people have this image of what it means to work in affordable housing and you know there's always this kind of like oh you know how sweet you're working in affordable housing like it is this huge like sacrifice as opposed to 
no, like there are a ton of different ways of of going about it. There's there's very private, there's very public, there's everything in between in the nonprofit world. And it's it's a world of opportunity, really. It is. One of our presidents called it Dominique Anderson out of Tennessee. She's like, there are money making hippies. So if you're driven, <laughs> yes. you know, everyone's driven by yes. other things, but we all need money to live and support ourselves. Yes. So yes. it's not a, you know, it's not a low paying career. There's many careers you can make whatever money you want in affordable housing, but you are also helping handle the largest social problem that there is. Right. Yeah. Agreed. So, so that, so I have one more question before we get, we get real. Oh, how does one, how does one specifically address the challenges and opportunities for women in the affordable housing industry? So you mentioned, right. You mentioned that there's programming. You mentioned you do stuff with domestic violence. You mentioned you know, luncheons and happy hours, but are there specific programs or content that you guys are trying to push out? That would be another goal, right? Is to have like specific themes or thematic kind of tracks and having goals in each one of those. One thing we have is professional development. So that's coming out big time this year where we will have professional development courses as well as articles to become a go-to for women to advance their careers. A long-term goal of ours is then to bring that programming to our neighbors living in affordable housing, because we firmly believe you can only build so much affordable housing. But the other flip side of that is if you can bring education to people living in affordable housing, that expands their career opportunities and therefore the definition of what's affordable to them, you're really making an impact. So we're building out these tracks now Another thing that we are working on is highlighting the technical expertise of women in the field. Someone recently commented to us, it doesn't matter what podcast, if it's a technical topic, it is still a disproportionate ratio of men doing the technical speaking. So Mm -hmm. our podcast going forward will also have technical experts that are women. We're opening a speaker's corner on our website. So any conference, Anyone that needs a speaker can easily identify the top women experts in the area. So that way we're, we're bringing this information and making it ready-made. Like we should not see a lot of panels that do not have a female technical expert in this industry at all. There are plenty out there. I love that so much. Me too. Me too. It actually, yeah. I mean, if you look at conferences and conference panels, you see a lot of men, just a lot of men in general, but there isn't a lot of women and there's certainly not a lot of women of color. And so I'm like, I love this concept where it's like, there's a place that you can go. So that's really incredible and amazing. And I applaud the amount of effort and energy that you bring to this for real. Like, it's amazing. It's people like you, though. It needs We need to be highlighted as well, right? Like there's a, it's like when you get comfortable doing something, right? Like I got comfortable not working out every morning. That's a great example because we were talking about that earlier. Um, but you quickly <laughs> can get comfortable working out every morning and then it feels weird not to, right? So yeah. the history of our industry, it's by no fault of anyone, right? This was the times, this was what was going on. It's high, heavily dominated by male leaders. And so just kind of bringing that awareness, like, hey, wait, but there's others too. And, and, you know, kind of starting that movement will be amazing. And it's great to hear perspectives from everybody. We had a diversity 
equity and inclusion consultant that taught eight classes last year virtually for Juan. And one of the things that she continuously pointed out is 30%. If you have 30% of everyone, those are the most successful companies, right? So Mm -hmm. same on a panel or when you're coming up with a new idea for housing, the more diverse thinking you have, because we all bring something really neat that's innate to us to the table. Nicole, this is your this is your thing. She has been saying that for like two years. I love it. I love the synergy here. What have you been saying, Nicole? Well, so right, certainly related to like hiring, right? We've talked a lot as a firm about the need to have a diverse hiring panel, right? And diverse candidate pools. And that, you know, all of the research shows that you really need a volume, right? You sort of need a critical volume of that, whichever population you're, you're looking at, right, to actually create the, the types of changes, right? We know that women as board members, for example, right, the magic number is like at least two to three, because then there's a, there's sort of a, a dynamism that happens, right? And that's where you get what the other thing that the research is showing, which is you get a lot better decision, right? You get the right kind of risks, right? So like women leaders absolutely take risks, but they take more measured risks, right? And they happen to be the ones that pay off better. So just trying to like share this information with our firm and then with others as, as we're talking about them, talking with others and doing these like, you know, the women's breakfast and things like that, that CSG has been a part of uh, with other organizations. So, you know, Ashley, as we were talking about all of the support that you had in taking this career change, right? And this this leap into being president and a CEO of Women's Affordable Housing Network, right? I know that you had tremendous support and you felt, you know, really good about doing it, but I have to imagine there were times at at somewhere along the way where a little, you know, self-doubt maybe crept in because you're human and you're a woman and that seems to go together. Can you tell us anything about like share a moment or just sort of how you process that and how you worked through those moments? Yeah. So I did talk about this for about a year before I quit. So I was talking to my professional executive coach. I was talking to family. I was talking to friends. I was talking to the girls at one. I was talking, um, you know, to a lot of people and kind of letting it marinate. It is scary. I thought about giving my resignation many times before it happened. And then one day, and I called my husband on the way here from work, and I said, I'm doing it tonight. It was a Friday night. And before I wake up, because as women, and worry about my whole team, worry about my clients, worry about all the things, worry about that I have a whole graduate degree, CPA, master's in this. Like, did I waste it? And that's scary. And you're going to wake up and wonder so many times. I still, like, we're about to launch some things and I'll wake up and think, are we doing the right thing? What's been really cool in this transition, though, with the support that I do have is if something's not working out, we pivot, right? So if you Mm -hmm. can start getting comfortable with not every idea is going to be the best. You're going to have to right. close the book on some. Some of it, you just have to say, that's not working. We're not going to do it anymore. We move. That doesn't impact anyone. What would impact is if you keep doing something that doesn't feel right, right? If it's better, sometimes you say no. 
there's so many. I mean, yes, it's scary. And there's days I still wake up and think, am I wasting a talent I have, right? I obviously, I'm, I have a brain to do something that can make a lot of money. Am I wasting? And I, I had to redefine what success is to me. So yes, success was, and Tanya, you said this earlier, we need to give a major shout out to our dads. My advice to be a CPA has come from my dad for years. You should be a CPA. It's a great stepping stone, even if you don't stay in it. And then I stayed in it for so long. But am I wasting my God-given talents, I would say? Am I, should I go make money with this? And then I started thinking about the success and there's journal page after journal page. I'm downstairs at my journal area um, <laughs> of you can go make money, right? You can go do this to make money. But when do you change your definition of what makes you happy for success? And so maybe I'm not getting that paycheck, but I wake up every day. I have chills even talking about it. I, You were talking about it earlier, Tanya, you'll never leave. I have the perfect job for me. Who can say that? Who can wake up excited every single day working you all i'm gonna let everyone know we're recording this on a sunday morning nicole team california <laughs> at six o'clock a.m it's nine o'clock for tanya who just came back from the airport and running five miles because it's a passion and who can wake up and do that every single day and every single day i hear stories it's not without hiccups of course this is running a business we are running a business at one but I hear the best things and the brightest ideas and the great things going on around the country all day long. I connect with people like you two who are driven, so driven to make a change on something that's the largest social issue in our country. You can't be paid for that. You can't pay me for my feeling. You cannot pay. And then that translates to everything. You're light. You're happy. You said it, Nicole. I get it all the time. Ashley, your energy inspires me. That because I am doing what I love and it aligns yeah. with what I'm meant to do, right? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we need to get more women in their perfect spot, right? Because I feel like what you feel like I have the same kind of energy too of like, no, I love it. And I get super passionate and I'm, you know, unapologetic about the passion that I have for it. Nicole is actually the same way. If Thank you get you her both. on a client call and and this client is like well, we might want to do it this way. She's like, well, her passion for what is right in that situation comes through like wildfire, right? Like there's no, I mean, I think we are lucky to be in jobs that kind of inspire us and 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 help us to do that. And I think part of our charge and part of this podcast is to inspire other folks to take risks and to try to get to a spot where they love their job and it feels like it is filling their cup. And that's like what I hear from you is that your cup is full and exploding overflowing. Because, <laughs> because because you love it. And that that makes like it makes people want to be around you. It makes people want to to give to you. It makes people want to follow you. And and I'm actually so just really excited to be doing this podcast with you and Nicole, because I think together we are kind of unstoppable. I have so much joy in my job, even though I've done it for 20 years and it has changed every step of the way. And I just, you know, I, I feel so strongly about our mission and I, I love the people that we work with and the opportunity. And I want this feeling for everyone. Can you imagine the way? Yes. That's I what I say. Can you, 
Can you imagine the world if everyone woke up like this? You know, because they found it. We've also probably all been in a situation where it's draining. And so what you bring out into the world is so different. It could even be someone at the grocery store. I'm the happiest person in the checkout line. I don't care what's going on because I'm happy, right? Like I'm fulfilled. And everybody has bad days. But you know that drain versus this and the impact you can't measure the impact you all are having around the country. Or like when we met at AHF and we all leave like, that was, that was great. I'm so just so energized and amped and get, and then we take that, we take that not just to like our families and our next, you know, client call and our work interactions, but like we take that to random people in the airport. Like honestly, (laughs) actually like you give the example of the grocery store, but like real deal, like when we're a little more positive, it rubs off on other people. And like, that's what it's so powerful. It's so. immeasurable. And that's really what we're here to do, right? When it all comes mm-hmm. down to it, if everyone could find what makes them happy and the home that makes them comfortable, the world's a different place. And it's it's immeasurable. And like you're saying, your your daughter's watching you. So she knows. I field phone calls all the time because... I'm out there, right? Um, about I'm so unhappy in my job. What do I do? And I listen to what they're saying, and I am quickly able to say what my coach said to me: "You're in the wrong spot because you mm-hmm. will know when you're in the right spot." So yes, you can't yes. up and quit a job, but you can start looking and networking, and that's the power of one too. I can't tell you in the last year, I alone, and this is only because I do it full time, have placed over forty people in jobs because I know who's hiring oh. and I know who is not happy, and I'm like, hey. Actually, this person in Nashville wants to meet you in New York. <laughs> you are doing this is live. That is yeah, your impact is amazing. But it's so I'm doing the right job. But it's easy when people are coming to you. Like if you know, like I don't want to take a whole lot of credit. Again, I'm supported by amazing people. It's just I get the privilege of being the one to do this. You know, yes. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this podcast sheds a little bit of happiness for the folks that are listening, that you take a little bit of our energy and you put it out in the world to make the world a little bit a better place so you feel supported, so you're willing to take risks, you're asking people for help. All of those things, like that is a movement. I mean, like really truly is a movement. And the micro, like it's like, it's the opposite of a microaggression. The opposite of microaggression. That feels so good. The opposite of that. Like, I don't know how we track that. I, I know Nicole's always like, how do we track that? How are we yeah, tracking? It's, it, I call it I like, know. it's it's intangible, but it's know. invaluable. It's invaluable and unquantifiable. Yeah. How do you right? track the ceiling? We what it track is. that as yeah. we continue to see women leaders rise, as we continue to see speakers that are women, as we continue to find allies that really want to support us. That's how you measure it. When we look forward in 10 years and this industry looks a lot more diverse than it does today at all levels, that is when we know we succeeded, right? And that is because we are adding fuel to fire for people that have that little thought because it starts, we all know, it starts yes. with that little thought. Germ is an idea. Right? And you're yeah. like, that's crazy. And then it it will not go away. And that's when you know, and it is what impacts everybody. And that's how you make changes. And then when you feel like we do about waking up on a Monday morning, most people don't, you go and do good things all over the place. The trust that you all have, it's been so fun to work with Tanya and Nicole because 
they both have, you guys call me infection. You're, you can be infectious. You're exactly the same way. There's this energy that surrounds you. It's amazing. But I love how you all work together. And there's a whole lot of trust because both of you will say, well, what about this? And then one of you will say, I think we should do it this way. And the, uh, there's like a small debate, but a final answer and a great conclusion. And it's quick. <laughs> It's so funny that you say that because Nicole and I actually have taken three personality tests. And what we've determined in every personality test is that we are opposite sides of the personality. So yeah. we actually make really great, like we are perfect leaders in that regard because we have, we always have a, like our natural. Together, like, we're a whole person. Yeah. <laughs> together you're the best of everything and it's so evident i think yeah. it's like a good marriage right like good marriages are are marked by an absence of fighting right like it's like <laughs> no it's it's how to fight it's you know it's like how to how to you know debate we can call it yeah. debating it's much well, nicer word but yeah both of you to respect each other enough to let you be yourself and realize like her idea in this case like it's not mine it's it's butter like i'm gonna go with her right, strength right, right. in this yes, situation yes, yes. i love yeah. that I just want to say that, Tanya, I do treasure your strength. So thank you. Before we go, Ashley, favorite food? Oh, it's easy. My favorite food is chocolate. I eat chocolate for breakfast. That was part of my growth because I realized I think about it all day if I don't. But I will tell you, after reading ingredients, I switched to very dark, 85% dark chocolate, and I like it better but I still eat way too much of it. So the win at the end of this year will be chocolate moderation. Mm. Well, we'll what is your that. favorite? French fries with cheese. Mozzarella oh. cheese and gravy. Yeah. 100% burritos. Like anytime, like, you know, the question of like, what food could you have on like a desert island? Like it's just burritos. Obviously, it's we so obvious to have to go out to eat together next time and yes. have one of yes. each of those. We yes. should do that, except I don't know about the dark chocolate, Ashley. Like, I need to con- I, I really like you as a person, but I'm going to have to, like, think about this dark chocolate thing. Do you eat chocolate at all? Chocolate? Yes. yes, the way it's intended, with a lot of heavy cream. But I feel like, you know, a dark chocolate, like I, I've got chalk outside in the backyard. I, I could just eat that. I, I don't understand it. So I can, um, we can go to a chocolate store so we could all, that's the compromise. So you can okay, get any kind you want. I love it. Thank you so much, Ashley, for joining us and proving that this leap from tax forms to transforming lives is not just possible, but incredibly impactful. Our listeners, Thank you very much for joining us as well. You are the foundation of this podcast. So thank you for joining us. And please think about how to keep the momentum going. You know, we talked about filling our cup today. And that's really what it's all about is if there were any nuggets that resonated with you, then, you know, let's put those out to, you know, to the people around you, your friends, your family, other folks in the grocery store or at the airport. And let's just spread a little joy today.